Get, that's that's the way to go. Give up yeah. meat and take up wine. That's exactly. the way to go. <laughs> we should all become plant based. <laughs> yeah, wine is plant based. Enchanté. <laughs> Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the podcast that brings you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food here in France or around the world. They cook it, produce it, talk right, and photograph it. But above all, they love it. Today, we are chatting all things ratatouille. And no, don't worry, no animals will be harmed in the making of this podcast today. Well, no animals are harmed in any of the podcasts that we make anyway, but that's a, that's another story. No, it's not all about the movie, it's about the delicious dish from the south of France, the ratatouille. And who better to talk to us about all things ratatouille than a lover of French food, but also, interestingly enough, a lover of all things vegetables and vegan food is the amazing and wonderful Sala Tavasta. Sala, thank you for joining us on Fabulously Delicious today. Bonjour, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, I want to start off with uh, talking about something close to your foodie heart and your life experience, I'd say. You're a vegan, is that right? Yes, I am. Well, I, I prefer to call myself plant-based because um, it's definitely the focus is on the food for me. Uh, but yes, I, I eat vegan food and I cook. All my recipes are vegan. Right. All right. Well, I, I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to find out a little bit more about what being a vegan is all about. So I thought maybe I'd use this opportunity to do that. So what might, what, for those that don't know, what is eating vegan or just plant, um, what did you say? Plant-based? Yeah. So I guess, um, to me, the reason I, I differentiate plant-based and vegan is vegan um, is, is very all-encompassing of like no animal products across the board in any product you use, any cosmetics, any um, clothes you wear. Um, it's, the focus tends to be um, more on activism for animal rights, whereas plant-based is also the food is only, it has no animal products, but it's, the focus is more on the health aspects um, of eating whole food that are from plants. Uh, although the two intersect, and I, I also use the term vegan and plant-based, but it's something I think that a lot of people um, don't always know the difference between. Um, and especially uh, a lot of vegans don't necessarily like when people who are plant-based call themselves vegan if they're not um, living their entire lifestyle in a vegan way. <laughs> okay, and why would that, why would that be? Well, uh, because... I think with the term vegan, um, like I said, it's the it's more of an activism movement. Of um, the focus is no harm to animals, and I would say the plant-based movement, which I believe to be kind of a newer, younger movement, is is more of a, a healthy solution to like our modern ailments um, and to climate change and things like that. Because with vegan, with people that are uh, vegan or clarify them, uh, classify themselves as vegan, um, as opposed to plant-based, it's not just about what they eat, is it? It's also no. about like uh, <laughs> other products, hair products, yeah. makeup, etc. Is that right? Right. Yes, exactly. And but I do think that like um, I, I just find it easier to say vegan because I think plant-based is not as popular or as known as an idea, and especially when you're out with restaurants at restaurants or um, just trying to explain at face value how you live vegan is probably the most straightforward thing to say 
how did this love of French food come from choosing to go to plant-based? Because a lot of people would know of French food as, you know, your coq your um, bœuf bourguignons, your confit de canards, all of these things which are not necessarily plant-based dishes. Yes, it sounds contradictory, but um, what happened was I had already loved French culture before I started uh, cooking vegan food, but um, after I became vegan or plant-based, I, uh, I couldn't find, I, I, I wanted to cook French recipes because when I wasn't living in France, cooking was a really good way for me to feel connected to France. Um, and suddenly I was like, I don't really know how to cook French anymore because I, I would just follow other people's recipes. And then um, it also coincided with the spring lockdowns of 2020 and the pandemic. So I had this time on my hands. And so I got this big stack of French cookbooks from the library um, and just was challenged myself to start veganizing the recipes in the cookbook. And that's how I actually realized the techniques and the re- uh, ingredients. You know, it really because I had to study the recipes um, and and research them, um, it actually exposed me to the world of vegan French cooking, or sorry, French cooking. So when did you actually first come to France? I came to France uh, over 12 years ago. Um, Just out of high school, I came here um, for the summer to visit my German friend. Um, So I went to Germany, but then she took me to Paris and Marseille on a train trip. And um, I had been, I was enrolled to take German in the fall semester, my first year of college. But after coming to France, I switched to French because I just fell in love and I felt like I really wanted to be a part of uh, France. So uh, that's where it started. Fabulous. And then you also came to study here as well. Uh, What did you study and and where? I studied in Lyon, um, which, as you know, is a beautiful city. Uh, And I studied French there. So I took um, it was basically a summer intensive program where I took French classes every day while living with a French family. Fabulous. Well, the beauty of being going from like summer intense classes in the US is when you come to Europe, it's still summer. See, us Australians, we come and it's the middle of winter. So it's not quite the same experience. But um, Lyon is a fabulous city. What was your favourite thing about Lyon? Oh, the food. I wasn't okay. vegan yet. But, um, I, I, <laughs> Lyon was, I think Lyon is known as like the food capital of Absolutely, France. Absolutely, yes. Um, and living with a French family, I, I got both, you know, I got to, when I was at school, I would eat out at restaurants and then at home I would eat with a French family and they would um, almost every evening have like aperitif dinners with their friends. Um, on, all, on the weekends, they would always go out to their friends in the countryside and have like a big Sunday dinner. So I got really exposed to French dining culture uh, at home and in the restaurants. Um, And I think that planted the seed for the love of French cuisine. Yeah. So apart from food, what else was fabulous about Lyon? Oh, I I really liked how stylish Lyon is, but it's not Paris. It's not, um, it's not super touristy actually. Um, But it's a very, I, I found it very glamorous and beautiful. Uh, yeah, very nice museums, cafes, um, all of that, but just not, it wasn't oversaturated with English speakers either. Did you go to any of the Bouchons? Uh, I don't think so. I, I went to like the Silk Factory. Yeah, the the Bouchons are those restaurants that are um, famous because they all have uh, women chefs running them, usually. Oh, 
I didn't know Usually. that. Yeah. So, no, they're, um, they're wonderful. We talked about them when we uh, talked in my episode with Lucy Vanell uh, about the Mad Lyonnaise. And so they're a group of women that set up uh, these restaurants. And originally that's where the Bouchon concept came from. Um, but, yeah, it's the next time you go to Lyon, you will have to go and eat at a Bouchon, although I'm not 100% certain they're going to have a great plant-based meal. <laughs> I, you know, I... I, uh, that's always a challenge and it's like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> what I do if I see a restaurant I really like that I just, that sometimes it's the atmosphere or the experience. I'm like, I'll just find like if just one thing or if not, you can always just have a glass of wine or, um, treat or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way to go. Give up yeah. meat and take up wine. That's the <laughs> exactly. way to go. We should all become plant-based. <laughs> yeah, wine is plant-based. <laughs> exactly. Um, you're biracial. I hope you don't mind me saying that. No, your dad not. is American and your mum is Indian. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in both. Uh, it was like every two years we went back and forth between the two. That's um, amazing. How was yeah. growing up in both India and the United States? It was. I think it was very exciting. It was an adventure Um and that definitely planted this bug of moving all the time for me because I've continued to move uh, well into my adulthood. Uh, Poor husband and kids. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, my, my husband uh, likes moving too, so I got lucky with that. <laughs> I had to marry someone who likes moving. It wouldn't have worked out if otherwise. <laughs> but Did um, you live in the same places in India and US and move between them, or did you go to other places? No, actually, we lived in several different states in the U.S., but mostly Michigan, because um, that is where my dad is originally from. And then my mom is from the South, but we lived in both the South and the North. Wow. Okay. And so you weren't vegan, vegetarian or plant-based um, when you were growing up, um, but obviously there's a lot of uh, influence from that, from Indian food. I think especially, is it, which one is more vegetarian? Yeah, I think, I think I think the South, but then in some ways I find the North more vegetarian, so I'm never really sure. Although I will say that you're right, that uh, I didn't, I wasn't raised vegetarian, but I was raised predominantly vegetarian. Um, in that, you know, in Indian food, vegetables are the main course, and that's very normal. So, And which cuisine did you have the most in your childhood then, Indian or American? Probably more Indian. Uh, and so it was, that's another thing when I started veganizing French cuisine. It wasn't like a challenge to me or even going vegan to think of plants as a, as a main source of food. <laughs> And so then, uh, was your mum the cook? Yes. Yeah. And what was your favourite thing that your mum used to cook you? I, um, to this day, I swear my mom is the best cook in the world. I know it's biased, everyone says that. But my mom, my Indian mother, I think, can make better spaghetti, better pot roast than any American woman. <laughs> I will stand by that. My mother is a very good cook. She likes being creative. She's intuitive. Um, so, but my mom, um, she... She was also very healthy, um, and she loved, you know, she was before her time back in the 90s when, you know, uh, especially in the States, corn dogs and packaged food and things like that were popular. My mom was very strict about uh, cooking things from scratch, and she was always in the kitchen. So she did give me a love of um, cooking from scratch from a young age. Uh, as the listeners would know, I'm addicted to all things The Real Housewives. 
I'm probably <laughs> sick of me mentioning it. But one of the, not a spin-off, but a, a sort of different version of The Real Housewives is Family Matters. And it's a, a wonderful show where they show um, uh, Indian families in America. Uh, well, actually, specifically, it's in uh, Florida, which I had no idea had a large uh, Indian population apparently yeah but it is truly wonderful but i do love they call them the aunties so that's yeah. <laughs> the, the mums they call them the aunties and i do love it when all the aunties get together and they're cooking on the show because it just looks like the most amazing feasts and oh yeah amazing meals uh, at that time if you don't mind me asking did you have a, a big indian wedding oh i didn't because so i got married in the u.s and it just it was like i got married when i was going through organic chemistry, which I didn't pass um, in college. What terrible time to plan a wedding. So it just um, I tried to have an Indian-American wedding. Um, and it's funny because I heard later on that some of the guests thought my wedding was too Indian. And I was like, uh, my wedding was a few hours long and there was no horses and there was no, like, it should have been two weeks long with, like, a giant banquet. So it wasn't very Indian in that way. <laughs> I love Indian food. I love Indian culture of what I know of it. And I've always wanted to go to an Indian wedding. So could you please just get remarried yeah. and uh, and we make it a big trip to India and uh, I'll come along. Oh, that, that would, would be, be fun. I would love yeah. that. Or we could do a, like a Indian chateau wedding in France. That would be really cool too. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Um, so American food, you could say, has some influences from French food, uh, especially modern French food, I would say. So is there any influences in Indian food from French food? Hmm. That's in that's interesting. I've never really thought about that. Um, I don't think so. I actually have found that I've had to really rethink the way I cook because um, with Indian, I was primarily an Indian cook <laughs> before cooking French food, but Indian food is all about more, 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 more spices, more layers, add as much as you possibly can. And the more, the better. And French cooking is like the opposite of, you know, let the ingredients speak for itself and don't put too much. So I find the two don't really meet, but it would be, it would be um, fun to do some Indian French fusion food. You now live in France. I Before we get into where you are, I do want to ask you, what do you think of Indian food in France? I will preference this with a story that we went to an Indian restaurant in Paris, uh, the said Vindaloo, um, and it said three chilies on the menu. <laughs> and my partner loves spice and loves chili, so was very excited by this. And we ordered that and it was not hot at all. So we asked for a hot sauce and they brought out Tabasco. Um, Now, I know that you don't come to France to eat Indian food, but what do you think of Indian food in France? Um, I've gotten the craving a few times here. And yes, every time I've been kind of like, oh, it's definitely not spicy enough. Even if it's run by Indians, they're obviously catering to a French palate. Um, The thing I do like about the French Indian cooking is they don't use as much oil as traditional Indian restaurants would because, you know, the French like to eat kind of healthier, whole food, light, you know, they're, um, so the ingredients are, to me, they, you can tell the French influence on the food here. It's high quality ingredients, but there's definitely not enough spice. I agree with that. (laughs) So where in France do you live now? We are in a city in the South called Béziers. Uh, It's about an hour from Montpellier. 
Oh, yes. Fabulous. Love it down there. It's a really fabulous area. How do you find uh, being a vegan in France? Or, sorry, take that back. How do you find being plant-based uh, oh, okay. in France <laughs> um, and going to restaurants, etc.? It's been a learning experience. Um, I think when we first got here, it was a little more overwhelming. But um, and at a first glance, it was like, oh, there's no options here. And so it's very easy to just be like, oh, there's no, France is not vegan friendly at all. But uh, I do think it's changing. And I am starting to see, especially now that summer is coming, more restaurants are opening because we arrived in November. So we arrived at the beginning of like dead season in the South. Um, but now that there are some more restaurants opening, almost every day I see a new restaurant that has an option on their menu. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to starting to plug into that more. I do find down the south of France, because you there is a lot of vegetables grown all year round down there, that you do have a lot more variety. And I do find that I've noticed on menus a lot more vegetarian or vegan or uh, uh, options there. Um, but also I think that France is going towards a modern culture and realised realized a few years ago that it had to cater for a lot of different people, not just tourists, but also the French. Um, supermarkets are definitely catering to vegans. and Oh, uh, yes. Um, so what do you think about French people? Are they embracing that kind of a vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian cuisine? I think there's definitely an interest. I, I don't know if they're um, they're ready to embrace it. Um, I think it's it's just such a big part of their culture and their heritage and, you know, living off the land and it's, it's livelihoods too. So uh, I'm not sure if they will ever embrace it fully. But I do think people, um, when I talk to French people, they're especially interested by vegan French food because here most vegan restaurants are Asian, Indian or Thai or Chinese. Um, so I do think people are interested. And like you were saying about the south of the vegetables, um, this being like the Mediterranean, that's one really nice thing for, you know, the plant-based diet is that the markets are just overflowing all year long with fruits and veggies. So I think the people, especially in the South, do eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. You're listening to Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Do you have a passion for one particular French dish, ingredient, or cooking technique? Add to that, do you have a story to tell? Well, I'd love to hear it. And I'm sure many of our Fabulously Delicious audience would too. So get in touch, slide into my DMs. Hmm, I've always wanted to say that. On Instagram at Andrew Pryor Fabulously, as I'd love to hear from you and hopefully have you on Fabulously Delicious. On to today's topic, the ratatouille. Uh, to start off with, what is a ratatouille? Well, it literally means like hata and tui, uh, from what I've read, it literally means like a tossed chunky stew. Um, in the original, if you break down the word. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay, fabulous. So um, how do you make it? Because from my understanding, there's actually two different ways. Is that right? Oh, is there? I'm not sure. I, I know like the, the just especially being in the South, there is like a very common way that I see it uh, being made. Okay. Well, how but, do you make a ratatouille? So and I actually have a recipe for it in my cookbook and I really tried to go with what I saw was the most... Um, liked by French people and by French chefs. So the classic with um, eggplants, tomatoes, zucchini, bell pepper, onions, um, some herbs. Uh, and the technique is to chop them, the vegetables the same size, but then to fry them one at a time, the layered 
um, frying, which gives it, because all the vegetables don't cook the same way, you know. So if you cook them all at once, some are going to be too mushy and some are going to be too hard, but if you layer them, then what you have is a beautiful stew where all the vegetables are the perfect texture, which is what I think really makes the ratatouille. So apparently that's one version and then one way of making it and then the other way is just to pop it all in all at once. Um, which is interesting because I would have thought that that was just a cheat's way of just like, okay, well, I'm not going to take the time and yeah. I'm just going to pop it all in. It's sort yeah. of the, the new Thermomix way, you know, we'll just pop it all in a machine and let it happen. But no, apparently there are always two different ways of making the ratatouille. One, your way, which is the which I think is the correct way, but we won't <laughs> Um, and then the one where you just throw it all in a pot. I use the way that you've just described as well. Mm-hmm. You usually add a bouquet garni, which is like uh, my favourite uh, um, thing in French food. If I ever um, become a drag queen, I think I'm going to use that name. That is my name, bouquet garni. Um, <laughs> I love it. Ah, it'd be fabulous. Welcome. Here's bouquet garni. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um so you use a bouquet garni. Uh, what herbs do you add to make the bouquet garni for a ratatouille? Um, I I would say you definitely should use thyme um, and basil, uh, but if parsley would be good too. Marjoram would be good too. Um, but I think you could use dried herbs if you don't have fresh. Um, but like finishing it off with some fresh basil I, is definitely my favorite. I love the pop of fresh basil right at the end, just topping it with that, yeah. Uh, where's the ratatouille from? It's from Nice, from Provence. Uh, and from what I've read, it was started, like so many foods in France, was originally a peasant food that became a classic and now top French chefs and top chefs all over the world make it. Fabulous. We talked last season with um, Pascal Ballard about the salad niçoise, um, which is obviously a provincial dish from that area. Um, what other provincial dishes, now that we know the ratatouille is from there, what other dishes are there from that area? Uh, they seem to do a lot of... I'm not in Provence, um, but I am in the south. And what I see down here is a lot of um, fish with just like some olive oil and herbs is very popular. Um, what's it called? Sesh? a la planche maybe like the grilled fish um and uh olives obviously are a big thing and cooking down here too um i've tried to think of what else from provence uh there's a dish that i made on instagram i shared the recipe that i really like because it's easy to do for vegan um is the eggplant mil mifoy uh which is like layered eggplant um, so I did that. Usually it's done with cheese. I did hummus and it was very good. A good summer, summery dish. Having ratatouille in Provence or, or in Nice um, is, in my opinion, like a religious experience. Not that I've ever had a religious experience, but it is, in my <laughs> opinion, like that. Why does it taste so good when it's made in Nice? I think it's the vegetables from this area, like, you know, the Mediterranean vegetables are sitting in these stalls and like ripening in this Mediterranean sun and they don't travel very far. So they're just, you know, they're, the heart's still beating in them. <laughs> Is there an origin story for what we know now today as the ratatouille? Uh, I've heard that it there's different stories of where it could possibly have come from because apparently, I mean, as you know, probably tomatoes and eggplants aren't native to Europe. Um, 
I think eggplant came from India and tomato came from South America. So oh, I didn't know the eggplant came from India. That's fascinating. That's what I've heard. So I can't have been around. Ratatouille can't be that old. Uh, but I did read that it was originally um, because of the harvest. All those vegetables were ripening at the same time in the harvest season. So it was an easy way to just make use of these ripe vegetables all in one dish. Um, so that's what the farmers would. It was a traditionally a farmer dish. Um, and yeah, then it gained popularity, I think probably through the movie too. We can't really talk about the dish without mentioning the movie. Um, have you seen it? It's very cute. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> Me too. I actually am a big fan. But the, the, as we alluded before, the dish that they make in the movie isn't actually a ratatouille, is it? No. I think it's actually more of a tian. Oh, uh, what was that? A, Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. A T-I-A-N. A Tian. Tian. Oh, I've never heard of that. It's called a Comfy Billy. Bil- I can't pronounce it. Why do they create these hard words for us to <laughs> pronounce? So a Comfy Billyaldi. B-Y-A-L-D-I. Oh, okay. Um, which was actually cr- created by Thomas Keller, who's, a, of course, from the French Laundry in the United States. What What is a compi piano? What is, what is different about this dish to what's in the movie? Well, the dish in the movie looks more like when I said the tian is like the casserole of the nicely, beautifully arranged um, vegetables and that circular pattern that everyone associates with ratatouille now. But the ratatouille, like I said before, is the rough chopped stew. Uh, so I think that's the key difference is that this is this beautiful pattern of vegetables um, on top, layered on top of a sauce, um, whereas the ratatouille is just chopped vegetables in the sauce. So. Do you want to support Fabulously Delicious, the podcast, and learn more about French food? Then join me and some of the wonderful people cooking it and producing it. Hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Um, there's similar dishes uh, or variations on a, a ratatouille throughout regions of France and also other countries in Europe. Is that right? I, I don't know about the other countries in Europe. That's interesting. Well, I think that um, well, they definitely have them in other regions of France. You've got um, off the top of my head. Sorry, there's a dog attacking me right now. I think, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to have to edit this out because your attention seeking behavior is not warranted. No, Louis. No. Too bad you can't put him down for a nap. No, exactly. Stay down. Another 10, 15 minutes. I guess it would make sense maybe in Italy because that area is very Italian influenced. Yes, definitely. So you've got like in Italy, you've got um, uh, uh, the pepinata. Okay. So, you know, in Greece, you've got the tolu. Um, In Spain, um, the pisto is is sort of similar. In the Languedoc region, you've got the Chichu Millet. So I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. And most poor people in the Languedoc region are going to be listening to this and going, that Australian dude just butchered our language and that <laughs> dish. So it's C-H-I-C-H-O-U-M-E-I-L-L-E. Um, but there's also a Maltese version, um, a Catalan uh, dish, the Sam Fenin. Sam by I should just give up now and just you know, <laughs> move back to Australia and not bother speaking to me. No. Me. But there I, are I, lots of yeah, other it's dishes. It's hard that to remember the like name. This. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you eat? A ratatouille hot or cold or both? Uh, I 
I like to do it both. Um, it is very good hot, but I actually think it tastes best the next day and just kind of at room temperature because all the, like a curry, you know, all the flavors have just soaked in overnight. Um, and it's really good on a piece of toast or as a dip or, yeah. Yep, so many things are better the next day and then True. so many other things are not. Yeah, like fries. I've had, <laughs> yes, and people we meet in bars. Um, <laughs> Um, is it a seasonal dish? Because we sort of talked about this before. You know, there is an abundance of uh, vegetables in the south of France, but is it still a seasonal dish, or do you get tomatoes all year round down there? I well, being here in the south, I actually have not. I have not seen it yet. I've been here since November. I have not seen it yet on any menus. So I am assuming it is, especially since it was originally associated with the late summer vegetables. So we'll see, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that about um, French food and its seasonality because mm-hmm. I think that also goes with sustainability. Oh, yeah. If you're not producing uh, um, tomatoes mm-hmm. when it's not tomato season, then that's, that's I think, a good thing yeah. for sustainability. I've had to food. learn what vegetables and fruits are seasonal after I started cooking French food. It's, it's crazy, but as American, I really didn't have a very good understanding because we don't eat that way. <laughs> so. And, I mean, I've mentioned this in podcast episodes before as well. I mean, even see, uh, even meat is seasonal. You know, there's been uh, times recently that I, I mean, I live in an area close to Limoges, which you have the limousine uh, beef, um, and it's not available all year round. I wanted to make a birth bourguignon the other day and couldn't get any meat from, any beef from the, um, from the butchery. Because they didn't have any. They had veal, they had pork, uh, they had lamb. No, they didn't have. Yes, they did because it was spring, but they didn't have the beef because it just wasn't the season for them to have that. I did um, not know so, that. Yeah. That's yeah. Very interesting. I, I love that about France. Uh, do you eat it as a main dish or is it meant to be a side dish? Is it meant to go with something else? Well, I eat it as a main dish because I think, um, you know, with being vegan, not eating plant based. Uh, but I think at restaurants and stuff, it's often served as a side with meat or um, along with something else. But for me, I really like it just as the main dish with bread or uh, rice. Are you sure it's not a side dish to your glass of wine? Oh, well, that, yes. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. So that leads me to my next question, which is what should you drink with a ratatouille? I... I guess I, I'm being in the south and now that it's warmer. I've just been on a rosé kick lately because I'm so excited that it's warm. Um, I'm not sure if that's the traditional pairing. I think it would also be good with, um, uh, you know, maybe a lighter, more summery white uh, or even a red um, if it was maybe late summer. Uh, Sala, is there anything else that we need to know about the ratatouille before we go? Uh I think that you should definitely try it. Everybody will mm-hmm. like it. It's um, it's a classic French dish that anybody in your family can eat no matter what they're. It's gluten-free too, so there you go. It's gluten-free, it's vegan, it's classic, it's all the things. So you should definitely give it a try. <laughs> all the things. Maybe the reason why it's not on a lot of menus is because they can't fit the typos. There's not enough room on the menu to have all the things <laughs> in the brackets. It's a B, it's a B, E, it's it's a GF. I get confused yes. sometimes, but oh. I just don't look at those things. I yeah. just order it. I just eat it. Yeah. Uh, so right. where can people find out more about you? Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel, which is more about my life in um, the south of France. 
I just started cooking classes on Skillshare. And if you just want one place, you can find me on my website at sarlaterpstra.com. Fabulous. So finally, the question that I ask everybody on Fabulously Delicious, and that is, what to you is the most fabulous thing about France? Oh, that's hard. I think everything about France is fabulous, which is why I moved here. Perfect. I was going to say, that's absolutely perfect because that's totally the reason why I came to France. Yes. <laughs> because everything I think here is fabulous as well. So, Terpsa, thank you so much for joining us on Fabulously Delicious today and teaching us all about the ratatouille. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, you might have even twisted my arm to become a little bit plant-based kind <laughs> of food in the future. Although... <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to be when I walk past the butcher at the market uh, on Wednesday, but we'll see. I'll try to get more more plant-based foods, but I will get your cookbook as well. So oh, well, wonderful. I hope you like it. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Salah, thank you for joining me on Fabulously Delicious today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Oh, merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading! reading.